Today's episode of The Daily Ding is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash, and with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1, and that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, you can stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to thedailyding.robinhood.com. That's thedailyding.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield APY on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome to the Daily Ding. On the Athletic Podcast Network. Markel Fultz driving to the baseline, kick it out there in the in the corner. Great Warrior defense, they're swarming all over the place. Fultz got to put it up in a hurry. Oh, and he cashes it in. Great shot. NBA players making great shot. Good offense beats good defense anytime. Yeah, he's been making that mid range shot the whole game. He has, he has. Dan's just coming back. We're going to take a, take a quick time out and try to regather ourselves and, and protect Steph Curry's plus minus. And we'll be right back on NBC Sports Bay Area. Elise, Bob Fisher, and Stephen Curry. We'll be back. Reverse flush and ain't that a smooth one. This out goes, and I hope I have no friends. And his response was, I'm sorry, I just wanted a frosty. I want Tyler to know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his last. How dare you? Woo! Good morning and happy Martin Luther King Day. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. We have got all the action from another weekend in the NBA covered for you as we head into the week. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Ari Lennox's best friend, Wazi Lambre, with producer Rob Lopez looking at Super Bowl tickets on the Game Time app. So coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at the huge slate of NBA games coming today. There was another trade in the NBA and the heat were extinguished in San Antonio. But first, let's head over to the Mile High City where Indy won a mile high race. They beat the Nuggets 115 to 107. It's their fifth straight win. They snap a 10 game losing streak in Denver, and that's what the Nuggets missing Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, and Gary Harris, and them shooting three for 23. Was the Nuggets were outscored in the fourth quarter 41 to 26 after leading most of the game. Yeah, that's the thing. And and by the way, Jared, I've been known to be called a shade by the baby once or twice in my life. Just <laughs> just so you know. But no, um, you know, the Nuggets were actually leading for the majority of this game, right? Like, um, they were all over this team all game long. And in the fourth quarter, I thought, you know, I'm really impressed by what Brogdon's been able to do the whole season. Um, and just the Pacers in general. Um, and Nate McMillan specifically, like the, the, the idea that this team could be 28 and 15 right now, um, uh, after sustaining all the injuries that they did is, is kind of, it's incredible, honestly. And, um, in the fourth quarter, I thought Brogdon just took over. He just controlled the tempo, controlled the pace. Um, when he wasn't pulling up for three in the pick and roll, he was finding guys, diamond guys up. I just think he sets the tone, sets the table, if you will 
on offense for this team. And it was it was kind of impressive to see, even if you want to discount it because Jamal Murray and Paul Millsap and Gary Harris didn't play. This was still a pretty impressive win on the road in Denver where this is a great home team. Yeah, and I mean, you had Aaron Holiday and Doug McDermott coming through with some big shots uh, in this one to tie, eventually tie it up at 91 halfway through the fourth. Uh, you know, Brogdon and T.J. Warren both had 22 in this game. Uh, and, you know, T.J. Warren, McDermott, Sabonis, all these guys having 22 to 24 points. It's like that Indiana offense just kind of has that balance. And by the way, we have to shout out Domo Sabonis, 22 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double for him. Uh, you know, Sabonis is just having a huge season. And I mean, it was enough for him to go head to head with Jokic, who's been playing kind of out of his mind lately and win that matchup. You know, I'm somebody, Jared, who it's been one of those things where uh, people were like, well, they got to figure out what they want to do between Miles and Sabonis. They can't afford to keep both guys. Um, they don't play together in an optimal way. Somebody's got to go. And I was always on the Sabonis train, right? Like get him out of town. I always thought Miles was a much better player. But this season, Sabonis is he's proven me wrong, man. He he went out and got his huge deal. And like I'm really impressed by his playmaking ability. His passing, like they give him the ball at the top of the elbow and he's operating and just hitting cutters and just a super skilled guy. I didn't realize he had all of that to his game, Jared. Almost like Nikola Jokic, for instance. And it's actually it's interesting to see how he's taking after his father in that way. I mean, Arvidas was probably the greatest playmaking center I ever got to watch. Uh, and, you know, it's, I don't think that was really a much of part of his scouting report coming into the league. And that's been something that's been a pleasant surprise. And it's actually been a great year for a lot of these guys that got those rookie extensions in the off season. Not only are they showing that they're worth that money, they're showing they're worth even more than what they're getting between like Buddy Heald, Jalen Brown, Thomas Sabonis. I mean, all these guys are really stepping up. Also, I didn't see Brogdon being a lock for the all-star game. I know he's missed a lot of games, but he's been one of the Eastern conference's best players this season. I don't even think there's an argument against it at this point i think the only argument against it is that most people probably want to give the pacers just one all-star yeah, and good. sabonis is making a pretty compelling case especially at a position where there's a lot less depth for all-star then down in San Antonio, the Spurs beat the Heat 107 to 102, despite missing Rudy Gay for the second game in a row due to illness. And of course, they snap a two game losing streak with this one. LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, 21 points and 20 points, respectively, between the two. DeMar almost had a triple double. He had nine assists and nine rebounds. He's making a pretty strong late all star push with the way that he's been performing as of late. Uh, and then the Heat are without Tyler Hero in this one. They lost because Duncan Robinson, who has been probably the best three-point shooter in the NBA up until this point of the season, he missed a three with 10.2 seconds left in the heat, trailing 105-102. And then Miami had to do that take foul on Marco Bellinelli, who, of course, being one of the great shooters of his generation, came through and converted on both free throws. So was... This is an interesting one. You have two of the hottest teams in the league going at it and the Spurs coming up on top despite missing one of their key players. Yeah, it's the it's the same old story with the Spurs, right? Everybody had their shovels out, dug the dirt up, buried these guys uh, and, and they're back. They're they're on a on a hot streak. The Heat are not in some kind of slump. Like you just mentioned, they're one of the hottest teams in the league. They weren't shorthanded in any real major way, and they came out and they beat them in a, in a meaningful in a meaningful game. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, as you mentioned, 29-9, and nine, damn near triple-double. He's been playing all-around great floor game. 
um, coming into this as well. So it's, man, I, it's, it's just so crazy. Like it's that old cliche, like the Spurs are like zombies and you can't kill them, but like they refuse to die. I was so sure of it when they came out this season and just stunk it up on offense, stunk it up on defense. The, the roster was so jankily put together uh, and, and they've somehow made it work. You know, the funny thing is in this game, uh, they had Bryn Forbes going over five for three to Marco uh, or uh, to Marco Murray, <laughs> to Chante Murray going one for one from three. Derek White only hit one three, like all these guys that are the kind of the deep shooting guards that they have that usually help kind of propel them and give them that cushion. None of those guys really came through to, uh, in this game. And I think that's what's so surprising about it. But then they had the old Spurs stalwarts and Patty Mills with 19 sorry, 18 points, and then Marco Bellinelli coming through with 12 points. It's like they're getting, there's kind of that classic Spurs cushion while these new guys are still trying to find their footing on some of these nights. And having that balance is part of, I guess, what makes them the eternal Spurs. And then over in Miami, you got Bam Adebayo putting up some big numbers for a change. Usually we're kind of seeing through some nice numbers to find the greatness in him. But tonight, 21 points, 16 rebounds, 6 assists. Goran Dragic had 19 points off of the bench. Kendrick Nunn came through with 18. Jimmy Butler didn't contribute a ton in this one. 16 points, 6 times, 5 boards. Waz... If you had to pick some all-stars coming off this Miami team, who are you picking? I think Jimmy's the best player on the team. Obviously, he's sort of the the fulcrum of everything, the focal point. But to me, Bam, especially at the position that he plays, it's a lot more scarce as far as the talent in the Eastern Conference. I I would have to say Bam out of bio. And and I think a lot of it is not just the defensive talent that he's obviously shown since Kentucky, since his rookie season. I think it's the other stuff, the playmaking, them them tossing him the ball at the top of the key and expecting him to make defensive reads and going to his second option on a pass. Like, that stuff is something I didn't see coming this season and he's clearly their second best player but I would say he's their most defined all-star when you talk about positionally he hasn't missed as much time as Jimmy I gotta go with Bam besides Kelly Olenek yeah he probably is their second best player and um I I agree with you I would go with both of them (laughs) Um, it was because Jimmy definitely their second best Viking. (laughs) But Jimmy's Jimmy's going to be starting in the All Star game, uh, unless Kyrie Irving has like a hundred points in the before voting closes. But that's not going to happen. So, Bam is. I mean, I've been on the Bam train uh, all year long, and we're seeing the numbers starting to reach the creativity and impact, and that's what's really exciting. And uh, that's what makes you think he's going to become an All NBA caliber player. And you know, it's not just the way that they kind of put him in like this point center role, but his feel as a pick and roll guy, he's also getting screen assist, which is now the, uh, the stat du jour everybody's talking about, but like him as a screen assist guy, him as a role guy and being able to, you know, play make off of that and finish off of that. He can finish with power at the rim. He can put up floaters. He just does everything out there. And it's shocking because Coming into the league, he was kind of looked at as kind of like a defensive specialist big who had some potential to grow as an offensive player. Now we're seeing him so quickly into his career becoming such a well-rounded offensive player. It really is incredible to see. News time over here. The Portland Trailblazers have agreed to trade Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, and two future second-round draft picks to the Sacramento Kings for Trevor Ariza, Wenyan Gabriel, and Caleb Swanigan. So a bunch of guys that none of us knew were still in the league, basically. The Kings' luxury tax bill drops to $7 million with the deal, and the Blazers shed $12.5 million in salary. Utah Jazz have signed Ford Royce O'Neal to a four-year $36 million contract extension. So finally, 
finally we can let go of the balloons and celebrate. But the real party was Steph Curry is coming back possibly by March 1st, according to our own Marcus Thompson, the second. And thank God, by the way, right? Uh, we heard all the hand wringing about the the ratings and the NBA's in trouble. People don't care about the, the, the league as much as they did even three years ago, blah, 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 much less back in the Jordan heyday and all of that. But I think part of it is a lot of it is Steph's injured, KD's injured, Zion is injured. Those national TV games is where Zion and Steph and KD aren't playing. Like, I think the numbers reflect um, something about, you know, the, the consumer understanding the best players aren't playing or the most ex- exciting, intriguing guys aren't even playing. So, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. And, and, and that's why I'm pretty happy that Steph is coming back because to me, you know, um, the team is not obviously not going to make any noise this year, right? Like Clay Thompson's not coming back. We've seen what this team is without Steph. It's basically a bunch of G leaguers. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm excited to see Steph come back just as a fan too, not even selfishly as a media member who's like, we want the people to be interested in the NBA or else our job security is messed up. I I, I just want to watch Steph as a fan. And I think he's had enough time. Like if this was a real season, he would have been back already. So I'm happy that he's coming back. And that that's me being, you know, old school with it, where it's like, come on, on guy, run, rub some dirt on it and play some hoop, you know? Well, listen, guys, the Golden State Warriors are currently 11 games out of the playoffs. Steph Curry comes back March 1st. That gives him about a month and a half to bring him back. I'm going to give Steph Curry MVP if he can pull it off. I don't care if he plays 20 games or 15 games, whatever it is. If he can bring that team back into the playoffs, he deserves MVP. The New York Knicks rookie, R.J. Barrett, will miss at least a week with a sprained right ankle. Barrett was hurt during the Knicks' loss to Phoenix on Thursday night. And speaking of wings that are hurt, Miami Heat say... Fellow former Dukey Justice Winslow will miss at least two more weeks while recovering from a back injury. I feel like that's like the fourth time I've said this on the show. He has only played once since December 4th and is slated to be out for at least the remainder of January. The team originally called Winslow's injury a back strain and updated the diagnosis to a bone bruise. And we're probably going to find out he doesn't even have a back within a few weeks. All-Star voting closes tonight. What better way to celebrate MLK Day than by voting for Alex Caruso and Taco Fall? So the starters will be announced on Thursday. All right, now welcome to your official MLK Day preview. We have 14 games going. For some reason, they couldn't get one game to just have everybody playing, but pretty much everyone in the association is playing. There are a couple games we want to get to here. First of all, was the 76ers and the Nets going head-to-head with Kyrie finally available. Yeah, I think if you're a fan, you should want to watch these teams because I think that they're two of the teams in the NBA who's constantly being assessed, right? Like on a game to game basis, we're assessing the quality of these two teams because they, they went through major roster overhauls over the summer. So we're all sort of trying to figure out who are the Nets, who are the 76ers, even the Sixers without MB playing, you know, we're trying to figure out like what is Tobias's role on this team? Uh, what is Ben Simmons going to do when he's freed up without Embiid? And how is Al Horford fitting in? Right. And the Nets, of course, Kyrie had this prolonged absence and now he's back. Um, and, and, you know, the other day he essentially deemed that only six players on the team were 
basically part of the future. So I think you should be watching for those reasons alone, Jared. And, you know, it's amazing is Philly, even though they're losing arguably the best defensive center in the conference, they've only allowed one game over 100 points in their last like six games this here. Crazy. Like, their defense is still incredible with Al Horford sliding to the five. You got Matisse Thibel in the starting lineup now who somehow is already one of the best defenders in the league. So it'll be really interesting to see how Philly, who has like no depth at this point, like Raul Neto is their best bench player at this point, arguably, or Mike Scott probably. Mm. But so how they go up against Brooklyn, who Brooklyn has like a lot of pieces, a lot of guys that can hit shots. So I, I'm actually really fascinated by how that's going to work out. And just like Kyrie going up against that defense where there's so many guys that can right. guard him between Richardson and Thibel. If he can have a big game, that's going to be a real definitive statement game for him. Long guys, too. Guys that can swarm him. Guys that can smother him. But he he always finds his way out. So the other big game, which is one that I'm going to be going to, is the Lakers versus the Celtics. The rivalry is back. And, I mean, who even cares about that part? The point is you have the two. You have the It's the big rivalry in the NBA in both teams. You have one team on the top of one conference, one team that was right near the top of the conference, and now it's backsliding really hard was. Yeah, but that's the nature of this team, right? I, I, they don't have a guy anchoring them, right? Like with Milwaukee or the Lakers, the Lakers can sustain a, a Anthony Davis loss, right? And still go into Houston and kick their asses, right? Um, they can sustain loss because they have LeBron. Um, the Celtics don't have that. So when the lineup, well, Kyle Kuzma, well, yeah, <laughs> yes, they have Kyle Kuzma as well. But you know, so the Celtics don't have that person. I think Houston's the same way, right? Where if they lose somebody, as long as they have Harden, and I wouldn't even say Russ, as long as they have Harden, they know what they're going to do offensively, and they they can piece things together. The Celtics don't have that guy. So when guys are coming in and out of the lineup, I can understand why they go go into these little slumps and funks or whatever. But I think, you know, it'll be a national TV game, a rivalry game. And these are the kind of games that those guys, all of those guys get up for. So I'll be excited to watch that. Yeah. And, you know, we have AD, Kemba, Jalen, all questionable for this one. So there's going to be a lot of talent missing from this game. Hopefully everybody's healthy. And I, I actually, I find your point about the Celtics a little ironic because with the Celtics, it's like, they they have a bunch of guys that should be able to carry the team. So theoretically, losing one of them shouldn't hurt as much because they have four primary scores. Or I guess now that Marcus Smart is hitting a franchise record number of threes, five primary scores. So you would think that. Well, it's that it's that old adage, Jared. You know when they say in football, if you have two quarterbacks, it means you don't have one. If you have five guys or whatever, it means you don't have the one. And I yep. think that's what that is with the Celtics. And I mean, that's the big difference between them and this Lakers team. It's like this Lakers team has arguably the two best players at their position in the entire NBA, while the Celtics have a bunch of very good players at their position. And they're almost polar opposites, which I think is what's going to make it such a fun game. But we'll see. We'll see if anyone's even healthy to play. It might just be Kyle Kuzma taking 50 shots against Marcus Smart taking 33s in this one. All right, Waz, so what do you got for line of the weekend? I mean, there's Nikola Jokic with his 30 and 10 on Sunday. Kawhi Leonard had 39 points on Saturday. Zach Levine at 42. I mean, there was that game I was at between Boston and Phoenix where Marcus Smart had 37 points and hit, was it 12, 3, 11 three-pointers? That was kind of insane, but he wasn't even the best player on the floor that night. A lot of the weekend, I'd probably go with um, Devin Booker. Okay. Just because, um, you know, I've, I've been on Wait, the record of I'm being sure a big— 
Booker fan, and he's proven me so he proven me to be a genius this season, dude. So many people are like, oh, but he plays no defense. Oh, he's just a defensive sim. Oh, he's a no stats and garbage time all star. He's good, dude. <laughs> like he's damn good. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's show. Shout out to Devin Booker, and don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like Back to Back. We've got No Dunks. We still have Tampering. We've even got House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite Athletic B writers. So don't forget to follow on the app to get notifications for new episodes. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free plus some fantastic writing across all major sports, all for a super low price. You just get 40% off of your subscription today by just going to theathletic.com slash dings. You never know when these promos end, so get there soon. And thank you, of course, for waking up with us. Waz, what do we say at the end of the show? Ding, 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 dongs. Ding, 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 dongs.